0: Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates, or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severnrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Last week we talked about the Incarnation about the reality that God became one of us, a vulnerable human being. This week we're going to talk about the atonement and why it matters. And the atonement is a word which stands for what God did in Christ in making us at one again with Him. The atonement is connecting your life to Jesus' death. And that's the connection we want to make. And next week on, on Resurrection Sunday, we want to connect the the Resurrection. <laughs> so next Sunday we want to connect the? Right, right, to, to your life and the dots. Yes, 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 that was good. Um, so, that, so that we understand and, and can live a life that is, just, um, that is just a soaring life, which I'll explain a little bit more. So, so let's right now kind of go to a sort of a 50,000 foot level um, before we start talking about the particulars of your life. Let me remind you of the big picture plan of, of what the word of God, the, the Bible says about, about life and, and about reality. The Bible declares that we were not a um, a, a race of people created, um, you know, on accident. We didn't just evolve into being from nothingness. I don't know how we came into being. Um, I just know that we did by the design and command of, of God Almighty. And that what the scripture says will ultimately be proven absolutely and in every sense true. We were created for for God, and we lived in, in perfect connection and harmony with God in relationship. And then the fall came. And by the fall, I'm not talking about a time of the year, I'm talking about the fall. And if you, any of you have ever fallen in your life, then you know that usually falls are not a good thing. In fact, they can be, they can be damaging, and in this case, they are deadly. We chose our own way. We chose to rebel against life with God and, and the result was a brokenness of fellowship and a brokenness of relationship and, and a separation from the life of God and insanity invaded our world and sin invaded our own bodies and, and like, the, like the HIV virus, we thought we were fine but it was untreated and we were dead. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This is the story of redemption, of a God who loved us too much to leave us eternally broken. And at redemption, we have a choice to make, whether we're going to reject the redemption story and, and allow the fall to continue until we land in eternity apart from God, or whether we're going to believe and, and, and experience the restoration of our life back to where God designed it in the first place in union, harmony, and fellowship with Him. That's the 50,000-foot that's the uh, picture. Now, the redemption has three parts. The incarnation, where, again, God became a human being. Um, The the atonement, where Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for sins. And and that's, again, where we are this week. Romans 3.25 says, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So Jesus became a sacrifice. And by believing in the meaning of what God did in dying for us, our sins can be lifted, forgiven, erased, carried away. Next week, we'll talk about the resurrection, the third part of the redemption plan. Today, I really want to to, to allow you and I to hear and connect with the story about the death of God. Because this is the most meaningful murder in all of human history. What we were trying to do was literally kill God. We were trying to get God to stop meddling with our lives. To get God to stop trying to offer guidance into our lives. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. We wanted to go our own way. And we hated it when God spoke love into our life. That, that wasn't what we wanted to do to continue the fall. And so I want to read for you the story of Jesus' death and and to realize that what they did then in in crucifying Christ and rejecting his life um, is what we do now when we refuse to listen, we refuse to obey, when we refuse to passionately yield our lives to Jesus. We are trying to kill off God the sad thing is that when you when you try to kill off God all you're succeeding in doing is is killing off yourself in Matthew 27 uh, verses 27 through 45 hear the story of the murder at the center of all human history Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the Praetorian and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. And they stripped him. Yes, exactly what it sounds. And they put a robe of scarlet around him, and they twisted a crown of thorns, and they placed it roughly on his head. And they took a staff in his right hand, and they knelt in front of him, and they mocked him, and said, Hail, King of the Jews! Hail, King of the Jews! And in their anger, they then took the staff and they beat Jesus on the head, driving the thorns into his scalp over and over and over again. And after they had mocked him, basically they got tired, and they took off the robe and they put on his own clothes and they led him away to crucify him. And as they were going out, they met a man named Simon from Cyrene, and they forced him to carry the cross for a ways. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink. They mixed it with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. He would not allow anything to soften the pain which he carried for us. Then they crucified him. And the agony of driving spikes through his hands and through the bones on his feet was unspeakable. Lifting him up, roughly, uh, they then dropped him into a hole and the whole weight of his body just agonizingly pulled against the spikes. And watching this, they divided up his clothes. Sit down, they sat back to watch. Above his head they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who were passing by as though this were some incidental event in human history, they hurled insults at him, shaking their fists at him and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple in three days and rebuild it, save yourself. If you are indeed the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they all mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He claims he trusts in God. Let God rescue him now. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the robbers, crucified on the right and on the left, joined in, heaping insults. And then the world around began to change. From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, and he said, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, which, quoting Psalm 22, was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When those who were standing around them heard this, they said, he's calling out Elijah. And they ran and they, they gathered some, some wine on a stick and they offered it to him. And they said, hey, let's wait and see. Maybe Elijah will come and, and rescue him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. No longer any barrier between the holy of holies and and all the rest of the people having access to the very presence of God. The earth shook, the rocks split, and many holy people who had been long dead rose from their graves and they came out into the city of Jerusalem. And after Jesus was resurrected, they walked around in the city and they appeared to many, many people. And when the centurion and those who were guarding him saw all that had taken place, they were terrified and they exclaimed, surely this man was the son of God. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray that we would hear the story of the death of Jesus and we would connect the meaning of his death to the living of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name as all God's people say, Amen. And that is the essential move that we have to make to connect your life to Jesus' death. With all that you have to do, with the bills to pay, the schools to go to, the things to learn, the the love to find, the love to give, the children to raise, uh, the children to get out of the house, you know, whatever it is that, that so occupies your mind and your heart, whatever it is that you think is most important right now, there is something more important still. And it is not some long-ago event disconnected. It is the centerpiece of your life now. Jesus died for you. Why? And if you and I will connect the meaning of his death to the, the ongoing meaning of our lives, everything changes and everything begins to, to become different. Now, I, right now, I need a, a volunteer um, Daniel, I'm just going to pick on you, actually, so I'm, I'm going to get a voluntold. Those of you in the military know about that, right? So come on up here, Daniel. You can jump up, the, the, the come around. <laughs> Daniel, I know, uh, like me, works out often with weights, and uh, so we've got that in common. Um, and and I, this is just not that heavy. This is simply Webster's um, Unabridged, and uh, I can bench press it, so it's no problem, right? right? It's not heavy. Daniel, what I need you to do is to stand right about here, just a little bit more right there. And I need you to put, are you right-handed or left-handed? You're right-handed. I'm going to make this so easy for you. Just, just stretch out your right arm, please. Okay. And I I want perfectly level. I want to be able to put a level under there and keep it that way for 30 minutes. Okay. Don't let me down. All right. Now, what I want you to do is just uh, hold it right there. If you want to hold it with your hand, you know, we're easy here, okay? So either, anyway, so just just hold it right there. Can you do that for me? All right, all right. So, why does Jesus' death matter? Why does it matter? Daniel, it's not that heavy. Look, right here. It's not that heavy. Come on, all right? Work with me here, all right? Perfectly level. There's a bend. Why does Jesus' death matter? Not as some historical uh, artifact of time past, but why is it the center of what matters in my life and your life now? I want to give you three reasons that I believe will change your life if you understand and if you connect the dots, just like Vitaly did. If you connect the dots, everything changes. Jesus' death defeats the gravity of the fall, that's what it does. And and the scripture says in in 1 John 2, 2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. In the fall, we chose our own way, we rebelled against God, and the result was that we, we were cast out of Eden, we, were, we got what we wanted, we wanted freedom from the, the, the love and leadership of God, and what we got was insanity and chaos and brokenness, and the gravity of sin pulling on every relationship, on, on our best efforts, it, is, it, it it is just introduced a cancer into to all of life. And let's give Daniel a hand. Thank you, Daniel. Now, okay, I'm serious. I'm serious. This isn't that heavy. Why was it a problem and why could nobody hold it out for 30 minutes? Gravity. There's this this continual pulling down of of force that is unseen and invisible. And it not only affects physical objects, it affects everything in your life, every relationship, every good intention you have. It affects your mind and how you think about money and sexuality. There is a downward pull on those things. Let's think about being depressed. What does being depressed means? It means something's pushing down. And and all of this is what the Bible tells us, the fall. And in Jesus' death, he was an atoning sacrifice that that literally answered and, and canceled all of the sin of all humanity when we believe. And so the gravity of the fall is beaten. And when we connect the death of Jesus to our living, then we can live defying gravity until heaven comes. Now, some of you, you got to understand this. You know, uh, how many of y'all have ever attempted to lose weight? Come on, some honest hands. Now, what did your, how did those intentions go most of the time? But we had good intentions. What happened after the intentions? The fall, (laughs) gravity. That cookie really looked good. The cheesecake, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, and I'm not asking for, for raising of hands here. You know, in most of our lives, there's one or two sins that are just so, you know, they're like drugs. They, they offer us something other than God, and we turn to them over and over again, and, and after we, we, you know, turn to them, then we say, I'll never do that again, and then gravity happens and the attempt to lift it up, and, and down it goes. What I'm telling you is that when we believe in the death of Jesus we become free and all of the downward force of gravity is is overcome now now let me understand uh, you know go back to the fifty thousand feet we are living in the age of redemption there is an age of restoration coming when there will be no more sin no more downward pull no more gravity but until then if you are a believer do not think that you're a failure because you have to struggle no let me tell you that that you're a great success an airplane has to struggle to get off the ground and, and defy gravity. And after it launches into the air, it can't then say, "Okay, I'm in the air. Everything should be easy. Shut the engines off." And yet, some believers think, "Oh, I accepted Jesus. Everything should be easy. If God loves me, no more, no more pain, no more tears, no more crying. No, no, no. That's heaven." Until then, we have to grow through it. We have to overcome. We have to keep moving forward through faith in God's grace. The disciples asked at one point in Matthew uh, 17, why couldn't we? And Jesus answered, you know, in in a way that that explains all of our answers to why couldn't. Why couldn't I? Why, Why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? In the end, it simply becomes an issue of faith in the power of God to overcome the gravity of sin. Jesus said, you can't or you couldn't because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. In our struggle until the restoration. We have the promise of God that we do not have to be victims of our own lust, our own consumerism, of we do not have to live depressed and down lives. We can soar as high as, as the grace of God. It will always be a struggle on planet earth, but so what? We can struggle and we can win. Jesus' death defeats the gravity of the fall. You are not fated to fail. Secondly, Jesus' death proves that you're lovable. It, it does. Look at the cross and never doubt your worth again. 1 John 4.10 says, And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. He loved us. I'm just, I'm telling you, love is the most difficult thing to believe about ourselves that there is. And and, and the truth is that that when we truly have faith in the love of God, we go from knowing to loving God back and and we go from, from fighting with God to surrendering and enjoying God for forever. You are loved. And you need to take a strong and determined look at the cross. And you need to see the blood dripping from Jesus' arms and his feet. You need to see the suffering in his face. You need to see why he took all those insults. It was because he was thinking of you. Romans 5 8 says, "And, and, And God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Never doubt that you are loved. Though it might be hard as you have to defy gravity and you have to fight to to overcome through faith, never doubt love. Look at the cross and see love. Look at the cross and see love. Look at the cross and see you are lovable and forever wanted by God. In Ephesians 3, Paul understands the, the greatest struggle of every believer is to believe their love. And so he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, Gravity defying power to, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How ironic that, 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 that we're going to know a love that it surpasses knowing, and then we're going to be filled to all the measure of the fullness of an infinite God with love. But connecting Jesus' death to your life will do that. And the third thing that connecting Jesus' death to your life will do is, is become your life's only way forward. It just does. Pastor Drew, death is my way to life. Yeah, according to the scriptures. In Luke 9:24, Jesus said, whoever would save their life in this fallen world will lose it. Gravity is going to win no matter how hard you try. No matter how determined you are, gravity is going is to get you. Daniel is like 10 times stronger than I am. But it wasn't enough. It, no matter how strong you are, how much you work, you're going to be bitterly disappointed in the end and for all of eternity in regret because you cannot overcome the gravity of the fall in your living. Only in being willing to die with Jesus to your life in this world. And that is why Jesus said, my cross is not merely my cross, it is my invitation for you to carry your cross as well. In Mark eight thirty-four, he called to the crowd and his disciples, and he said, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and come after me. You cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ without following him uh, onto the cross. You cannot experience a resurrection without a crucifixion. And in this fallen world, as we make our way through to the restoration, we have to carry the cross. One of the lies of hell is sometimes when things are hard is, is you know, I just, I just don't even want to live. I just want to kill myself. Well, that's just Satan's twisting of a, of a truth of God. You do need to die, but you don't need to take your physical life. You, you need to give your life to God. And what needs to die is your will to control. What needs to die is your will to determine. What needs to die is your will, period. And when you and I do die and get ourselves off our hands, (laughs) we are then indwelt and inhabited by the Holy Spirit of God, by the very Spirit of Jesus Christ. And and we live according to the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and (sighs) self-control. We're free. I guarantee you, a dead man doesn't struggle much with lust. And a dead shopaholic, she's just not impressed with a credit card anymore. And the vain person, ah, when they die, they're not worried about their hair any longer. It's... And so how do we become free from this world? We join Jesus on the cross willingly. We follow hard after Christ as passionate Christ followers and we we echo what Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ now lives in me because I was crucified. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Today, in the name of Jesus, um, I'm praying that you will connect in a more real world way than ever before. The murder of Jesus the meaning of your life the death of his sacrifice to pay for all sins to the freedom that you are offered to not live under the gravity of sin the faith that Jesus had towards God is now an invitation for you to have faith towards God the belief that God did not let love die is the belief that he will not let you die the belief that God so loved the world that he gave is the belief that, that you are worth dying for. So guys, you can live under the gravity of the fall and in self-pity and in addiction uh, all your life if you want to. Or you can live in rebellion and anger saying, I can do this, but gravity is going to win in the end and you're going to lay flat somewhere sometime, six feet under or not. Gravity wins but for Jesus if you've never invited Jesus into your heart uh, and given your life to him then I want to invite you to do that today it is real simple you heard Vitali cry out to Jesus and describe how everything changed that's just how real it is when you connect the dots on the back of your worship folder there, there is a way it, it, it comes as simple as a, as a prayer like this dear Lord Jesus save me take control of my life And right now I'm going to ask you to close your your eyes and if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer after me. Every, Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for dying for me. I give you control of my life. Please forgive me of my sins. For some of the rest of you who are already believers, um, and in your life has been uh, a life of, of not overcoming, but of being overcome, a life of, of whether it's outright active depression or whether it's just an, a life of, of, you know, of not soaring, of not living beyond gravity, Today is your day to rise up and and to declare your faith in the death of Jesus. And, And it's your day to declare that by the blood of Christ you are free to live as high a life as Christ did on earth. And so Father in the name of Jesus I pray that you would lead us as your people to not merely uh, just blast by your story this Easter as though though we were just stuck in these these broken lives, but that we would look back and and see in the resurrected Christ the meaning and significance of our life. And in Jesus' death, God, help us to see a way forward. And all over this congregation, I pray that our wills would die, our, our lives would be given, and that we would be free in following you until the restoration of all things. In Jesus' name we pray. As all God's people say, amen. amen. Let's stand and respond as God would have you to. And if you gave your life to Christ, let someone know. Fill out that card. Let us know afterwards. Let nothing keep you down any longer. Jesus died for you. Thank you for joining us today at The Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at SevernRun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.